This is GM Word of the Week, and I'm Fiddleback. Ketoblepes. You smell it before you see it. And you wretch, involuntarily gagging on your own bile as you peer frantically around to find the source of the odor and the strange waffling noise. A pair of bloodshot eyes emerge suddenly from the reeds, deep red, and the creature's head, low to the ground on his sinuous serpentine neck, is framed with shaggy black hair. And that's the last thing you see, because pain stabs like daggers into your eyes, unimaginable pain, and for a moment, all there is, is blackness and pain. It fills your whole head. It's all that you are. Pain. And then there is nothing. You are dead. There's new character sheets in the printer. Let me know when you've finished. They say that a little knowledge is a dangerous thing. And they usually say that because people tend to overestimate how much they know about something. So, once someone knows a little bit about a topic, they assume they are an expert. But, in the case of game masters, game designers, and ancient naturalists, a little knowledge can lead to amazing things. Things that are usually very dangerous for others. Take for example, the Ketoblipas. Now, there's a lot of disagreement about how you're supposed to say that name, because unlike the Ishitshachit duel, no one ever saw fit to include the pronunciation in the Monster Manual. Quite frankly, every monster in the Monster Manual should have a pronunciation guide, so that we never have to hear anyone call a Sahuagin a Sawagin again. But I digress. The Ketobli Pass. The Ketobli Pass is not one of those famous, iconic monsters like the Beholder and the Mind Flayer and the Dragon. And it's not one of those inexplicably charming B-list monsters everyone remembers like the Owlbear and the Flump and the Gelatinous Cube. In fact, very few people remember the Ketobli Pass even exists. It's one of those monsters they crank out after they're done with all the ones people remember and discover they still have a few dozen pages to fill in the second or third monster manual. It originated in Dragon Magazine back when Dragon Magazine was called The Strategic Review and when it covered not just Dungeons and Dragons, but also war games. Actually, The Strategic Review became two magazines. After just seven issues, TSR realized that role-playing gaming was an industry of its own. So they canceled the strategic review and replaced it with both The Dragon to support D&D and Little Wars to support their wargame products. The Ketobla Pass dipped in and out of core monster manuals. It was in the Advanced Dungeons & Dragons Monster Manual and 2nd Edition's Monstrous Compendium Volume 1. But it didn't end up in basic D&D until the Master Set and the Rules Cyclopedia. In 3rd edition, it had to wait until the Monster Manual 2. 
In Pathfinder, it's in the Bestiary 2. In 4th edition D&D, it was in the Monster Manual 3. And presumably, at this rate, we'll never see it in 5e. And why does the Noble Catobla Pass get this treatment? Well, because it's not noble at all. It's actually goofy. Really, really goofy. The original Catobla Pass was described as an overweight buffalo with stumpy legs, a giraffe-like neck, and a warthog's head. Later editions added a shaggy mane, a studded tail, bloodshot eyes, warts, scraps, and bits of encrusted dung. You'd almost think someone hated the poor thing. But apart from its looks, the Catobla Pass does have some interesting characteristics. For example, the third edition incarnation is a swamp-dwelling grazer, except that once a month, it turns carnivorous. Violently carnivorous. Oh, also, in all of its incarnations, it shoots death rays out of its eyes. Well, technically, it's more that anyone that meets its gaze drops dead. But in a weird quirk, early D&D instant death effects were called death rays. And that raises a question. How does anyone know what the Catobla Pass actually looks like? If you look at it, you die. So I assume that people just made up their own descriptions of the thing to make fun of it. Bob died looking at one of those things. One of those swamp things. You ever wonder what one of those things looks like? It's probably really dumb looking, like it's got hippo legs and tusks and a snake neck and it probably has poop stuck to it. And that's why people die. They die laughing. Of course, you might ask the same question of Pliny the Elder, because in the first century CE, he wrote about the Catobla Pass in what was basically the premier biology textbook of the day. I kid you not. Now, we've mentioned Pliny the Elder a few times before, and that's because Gaius Plinius Secundus was the premier naturalist, author, and philosopher of his day. And his day was between the years 23 CE and 79 CE. That's right. He lived in the double-digit years. And he was a busy guy. Although he's famous for studying natural science for his book Naturalis Historia, which was basically the first modern encyclopedia ever written. That was just something he did as a hobby. That's right. He invented the basis for every catalog of human knowledge ever. As a hobby. He was actually a lawyer and a naval admiral and a personal friend of the Roman Emperor Vespasian. As a fun fact, though it's not fun for Pliny the Elder, he died when Mount Vesuvius erupted and wiped out the cities of Pompeii and Herculaneum. He wasn't in the cities at the time, though. He was on a beach visiting a friend, and when he tried to rescue his friend, the toxic gases from the volcano triggered his asthma, and he died. Anyway, he wrote about the Catobla Pass in Historia Naturalis. In western Ethiopia, he said, there is a spring, the Negris, which most people suppose is the source of the Nile. Nearby, there is an animal called the Catobla Pass. 
In other respects, it is of moderate size and inactive. It has a very heavy head, which it carries with difficulty. It is always hanging down to the ground. It is deadly to the human race, though. All who see its eyes expire immediately. Now, let that sink in for a moment. An ancient Roman encyclopedia lists a supposedly real animal that lives in Africa whose gaze will instantly kill anyone who meets it. And this book becomes the basis for all recorded knowledge up to and including Wikipedia. Incidentally, the creature's name derives from the Greek ketobleps, meaning downward-looking, because its head was too heavy for it to support. Interestingly enough, a later author, Claudius Elianus, wrote his own book called On the Nature of Animals, around 200 CE, and he expanded the entry on the Ketoblepes somewhat. He added the bloodshot eyes, shaggy mane, its generally bull-like appearance, the fact that it was immune to poison and ain't poisonous plants, and the fact that it smelled so badly of dung and poison that the smell of it was fatal. Again, this was an encyclopedia. This was fact in the good old second century. But the thing is, that's not actually that strange. See, way back in the day, before the invention of photography and smartphones and science, the only way people heard about these creatures was when some hapless explorer stumbled on one. Imagine you're exploring, far from home, in a completely alien landscape. You've never seen a desert before, or a savanna, or a veldt. And suddenly, as you sail your boat up the river, and the sun's heat beats mercilessly down upon you, the grasses part, and you see this dumpy, misshapen cow thing, surrounded by a cloud of flies. You catch a whiff of its musk on the wind as it grazes on the riverbank. So foul, it almost makes you want to retch. You see it for just a second, and then it runs away. So you go back home and try to describe the creature as best you can, from a single nervous glimpse. And its eyes were malevolent, and its smell was nauseating. And thus, a perfectly normal wildebeest, which most scholars agree is what Pliny and Alianus were actually writing about, becomes the deadly Catoblopas, whose smell and gaze are deadly to humans. A little bit of knowledge becomes a dangerous thing. And this sort of thing happened all the time. It's speculated, for example, that the idea of a cyclops came from the skulls of elephants that were found on the Greek Isle of Crete. If you've never seen an elephant, and all you have is a skull with a massive hole in the front where the trunk connects, you think, well, clearly that's a one-eyed giant. What else could it be? The legendary kappa in Japan is said to come from sightings of the Japanese giant salamander. Sailors who encountered perfectly normal giant squids invented the kraken. Dinosaur bones or the giant lizards of Komodo might have given us dragons. Mermaids might be the result of manatees or dugongs, which, by the way, are real sea mammals and not just Pokemons. 
The point is, a little knowledge is a dangerous thing if you're trying to write an encyclopedia. But it's a fantastic thing if you're trying to write a fictional fantasy universe. Because there's some amazing stuff that lives in the real world. And with a little imagination and a flair for the wicked and monstrous, a wildebeest can become a dumpy herbivore who, once a month, starts shooting eye lasers and goes into a murder frenzy. And that's a good takeaway for your game. I mean, you can just use the Catobla Pass from whatever edition you want. And it's just a weird monster that lives in swamps. Or, you can spend some time bouncing from animal to animal on Wikipedia, looking for inspiration. For example, look up the Cone Snail. It's a snail that launches poison spikes to paralyze fish so that it can eat them alive. And it can shoot those same spikes into humans. And that poison can stop your heart. That's pretty inspiring for a GM. No? How about the Asian Giant Hornet? This is a hornet that has a poisonous stinger that can kill a person. But if that's not scary enough, it can also spray a stream of acid that melts flesh. It mainly uses it to dissolve other insects to eat. And the acid contains a pheromone that attracts other hornets to the victim and drives them into a stinging frenzy. And the hornet will fly up to 50 miles in a day without getting tired. Mainly, they're deadly to bees. 30 giant hornets can murder 30,000 bees in one go. But they do attack humans. And they sometimes spray that acid, the one that attracts frenzied berserker hornets, into the eyes of humans and other animals to defend themselves. And that is how a few sentences of knowledge can be a very dangerous thing for your players. This has been the GM Word of the Week. It was written by the Angry GM and recorded and produced by me, Fiddleback. You can find more at theangrygm.com and madadventurers.com. 